We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome, everyone, to the Tuesday, November 30th edition of the Road Aware NFL podcast brought to you by WinBet. I'm Joe Barlow. You can follow me at JP Fantasy Sports alongside me, as always, Jake Kutarski. Follow my Roto uh, Jake. Before we get started, let's get a word from our sponsors, those title, title sponsor guys, WinBet. If there's one thing we appreciate here at Road Aware, it's making good decisions, even more so making the right decision. Listen up, folks. I have an incredible offer for you with Road Aware's newest partner, WinBet, the premier digital casino and sportsbook app. WinBet is now the exclusive sponsor for Road Aware's fantasy podcast. WinBet brings you all the latest action with a user friendly interface, money line bets, boosted parlays, over unders, Rod Robbins, live betting, and so much more right at your fingertips. If you want a break from sports betting, head into WinBet's digital casino and take a spin on uh, the roulette double down blackjack slam the slots or try your hand at baccarat WinBet is currently available in six states colorado indiana michigan new jersey tennessee and virginia while rapidly expanding at WinBet, the possibilities are limitless WinBet is currently offering all worldwide listeners a risk-free bet up to 500 on your first wager download WinBet now it's w-y-n-n-b-e-t WinBet, the exclusive partner for worldwide's Fantasy podcast. Jake, we actually have a pretty busy uh waiverware podcast this week. We got the Dalvin Cook injury, Christian McCaffrey injury. Um a couple of wide receivers, I think, have a, a little bit emerged as uh targets this week. And obviously Taysom Hill, like your starter for the Saints, too. We'll get to all that and more, but first we have to discuss the demise of Pete Carroll and Russ Wilson because the Seahawks put on another clunker of a uh performance, and this time on the bright lights of Monday Night Football. Yeah, you would have thought at this point in the year, if their defense played even remotely well, which they have been doing over the past few weeks, they'd be able to win some games here. But Russ just isn't Russ, and I don't know if he came back too early or – I mean, it's, it was a broken finger. So I think Lewis Riddick, you know, you can you can say what you want about the Monday night broadcast. I missed the Manning cast, but he made a good point on the broadcast where uh, he's almost afraid to follow through on, on his throws because that means – extending down and like getting putting his his finger again in harm's way and uh that's why you see all these overthrows that i never remember seeing from russell wilson and i've watched him you know since he was a badger so um 
I don't know if it's if it's physical or mental at this point, but he's got all the weapons in the world. You know, maybe not running backs. I can go on a whole nother rant about Alex Collins and how, man, I I would have been in such great position if I could have just got like nine fantasy points out of Alex Collins. I thought it was going to be great for a, a you know a touchdown upside, but he basically disappeared after that fumble uh, in the second quarter. The Seahawks had just made a big play to Tyler Lockett. And then, you know, Russ hit Alex Collins for an actual dump off pass. You know, normally that's the DJ Dallas job, but Collins got the ball and um, and ran for 13 yards immediately got the ball popped out. So uh, I don't know if they're going to give him another chance. We'll see what happens when that backfield gets healthy, but he might be on the uh, he might be on the drop list here pretty soon for me. I'm probably just going to rage drop him after this week anyway, because he didn't perform for me. But uh, again, the Seahawks were bad, but Washington, Taylor Heineke. They played pretty good. They moved the ball. They ran the ball especially well. You know, Logan Thomas is back. He looks like he's good. If he was on a pitch count this week, you know, I think he can kind of free him in future weeks. We just got to watch those backfield injuries, of which there were multiple ones. You know, McKissick goes down after scoring twice in the game. McKissick goes down at the end with like a head neck injury. He gets carted off. We'll have to watch that. Gibson, you know, huge workload for Gibson. He came up, he came up limp a couple times, but was always getting back in the game and you know, he's managing every injury in the book, kind of like Stafford. So, um, you know, we'll, we'll have to see where that goes, uh, you know, as far as Washington running backs. But, you know, that pretty much sums up my take on that game in, in one big long rant. Yeah, I'm glad you brought up Alex Collins because I think that's going to be an interesting one. And we've, we've been identifying, obviously, the top options again. We'll talk about Chuba Hubbard and Alexander Madison and probably Jamal Williams, too, with DeAndre Swift. Those are obvious names. But if you are in a 12 or 14 team league, they might not be available. I think. Kind of, kind of how I was uh, pre-speculating on Deonta Foreman, and that kind of proved to be true with the Titans. <laughs> DJ Dallas is a name that I I am a little bit interested in. Uh, for in the same vein, I mean, like Alex Collins has not been very effective. Uh, I've thought, and honestly, if you're going to turn things around for Seattle, it's going to be more of the rushing game because you've talked about Russell Wilson's limitations. And while yes, he threw for 250 yards and two touchdowns. He missed a couple of pretty obvious throws, and Washington's defense is the worst against quarterbacks. We knew that coming into it. Um, so these numbers feel a little bit inflated for us, Wilson. I think DJ Dallas, by the end of the year, takes over that starting job. How effective and what does that mean for that offense? I don't know. You know, like it's yeah. low-end running back too, right? Um, you know, I guess I don't know the exact statuses of Travis Homer and Rashad Penny off the top of my head, but, you know, I never – on IR. Yeah, he's on IR. Okay, fair enough. So, But I just don't think that – any one back is going to be the guy over there. It'll be split between, you know, early down and late down. And none of them are rost- are playable, barely even rosterable. If this offense can't move the football, they're, you know, the only things that Russ is successful on are throwing to Gerald Everett and, and maybe a couple dump offs. But otherwise, like, you know, I, everyone says, you know, I, I was surprised I went through that whole rant without mentioning how DK Metcalf had zero targets in the first half because that was all of Twitter. You know, everyone freaking out, the broadcast freaking out. I think I heard that phrase 15 times. But um, their offense was that, you know, was the dump offs to Everett and the running backs. And then Russ would just chuck it up in the air to lock it. And Lockett came down with a couple plays. You know, maybe he's hoping for a pass interference, but there's no there's no touch or there's no leading. You just, he's just chucking it up in the air at his general facility. Like, you know, if and only like only when he's got, you know, clearance for his arm to come down. So there's something funky going on there. I almost think, you know, with Seattle, it would be wise to let Russ get right and get confident. Maybe play Gino for a game or two. Actually, what do they have to lose now? They're not making the playoffs. So, you know, maybe throw them out there as an audition or, or whatever you want to do. But it almost reminds me of the Browns and Baker Mayfield and Case Keenum. Mm-hmm. Baker's not right. Baker's hurt. 
but they still throw him out there to play subpar football when Case Keenum's probably one of the more, you know, you know, acceptable backups in the league. So why are you, why do you not, you know, sit Baker, let him get right and play Keenum? It's the same thing with Russ and Gino. It's the same dynamic for me. Yeah, it's interesting. Obviously, the Seahawks don't have their first round pick because that was part of that Jamal Adams trade. <laughs> the I think the New York teams have picks four through nine as of right now between the Giants. I was going to say the Jets. Have, the Jets have four and five, right? That was the thing because yeah, they have four and five. The pick they got four, from Seattle the, is even is even better than their own pick somehow. Yeah, and the the Giants have the Bears pick and their own, and you know, like, uh, yes. I, so that's that's a good that's a good deal for the Jets and. I think that's why, by default, you're going to see Russell Wilson out because I think he's still a better guy than Geno Smith. But at this point, he probably isn't even startable in 12 team formats. I, mm-hmm. I like you're rostering him, I mean, but you're not starting him. Russ has led one touchdown drive in the since he came back, and that's what three games. I think it's something like that. One touchdown drive, that one towards the end of the first half, or yeah, in, in the first half last night. Well, what about last, like the end of the end of the game drive? That's two, right? Oh, yeah, I guess. I guess. Okay, yeah, that's two. You don't, you don't count that 32-yard bomb to Freddie Swain? Yeah. He almost yep. brought him back to OT. <laughs> uh, yeah, I guess so. Yeah, fair enough. I was, uh, I, I, I still had the game on in the background, but I was tuned out admittedly doing a little Cyber Monday shopping here that I missed out on. So I was uh, already asleep. I honestly woke up and was like, oh, wait, that game was that game was close. I, I didn't even realize it. So <laughs> I went back and watched some of the highlights. Oh, okay. You I'm know, not they, physically, I guess it's different with you as a kid, but I'm not physically capable of falling asleep before like midnight, 1 a.m. That's just, I, I was probably out by nine o'clock. I did Roto Hoops and we got done at 8 30. I was like, got back at eight, nine o'clock. I was done five minutes later. <clears throat> Hence why my voice is dying the way it is. But okay, enough Seattle, Washington talk. I think there's going to be. Um, maybe some pickups. And I mentioned DJ Dallas as a, a possibility as a, a low end sleeper. We have to see what happens with JD McKissick who scored those two touchdowns, but will he get, will he come back healthy? You were talking about McKissick as a pickup a couple weeks ago yeah. with Antonio Gibson being hurt. Well, now what did the Washington franchise do at running back? We'll, we'll find out more information. Yeah. Probably can't find out this podcast. Though. Yeah. So, he, was, he was 55% last week when I was like, Hey, maybe take a look because I like him rest of the season. Then he comes out, has real good game for anyone who took my advice. But again, now we don't know. He was carted off. With yeah, head neck injury. So we don't, yeah, we don't really know. Yet. It was kind of like an it ambiguous. Yeah, it doesn't thing. say. I've, I've I looked it up beforehand. You know, not a whole lot going on. It looked like he crunched his head and neck a little differently. Where in a case where like a concussion would probably be a best case scenario, and you don't often say that. So again, yeah. that's that's me. Fell a few short, a few classes short of my MD. That's my eyeball analysis right there. Yeah, you could mark that off the drinking bingo list. Jake discussing his uh, few creds short of the MD on the podcast. Let's move over to the quarterback position. Obviously, four teams on by this week. Actually, some pretty critical ones. Packers, Browns, Panthers, Titans. The Panthers one is going to be key for the running back section because maybe you might not be as interested in Chuba Hubbard uh, in, in shallower formats. But from a quarterback perspective, it's the Taysom Hill show. The Saints have announced that Taysom Hill is going to be taking over as the starter, at least I should say he's getting starting reps at the quarterback position. He curiously was not playing against the the Bills this Thursday in that blowout loss to the Bills. Uh, And they were saying, hey, he's still got a a foot injury going on right now. He was active, but one of those, let's be safe about it and not actually play him. So I'm, I'm a little bit skeptical about what Taysom Hill can do if he is not healthy. But if the Saints are putting him out there in as the starting quarterback, you would assume he is healthy. And they have playoff aspirations yet to come. I don't know. It's a tough matchup this week against the Cowboys on Thursday night who are riddled with COVID at the moment. But I think Taysom Hill moving forward is a really interesting pickup in deeper leagues. 
Yeah, now when you look at fantasy points against stats, I mean, you, it doesn't really apply to a, a guy like Taysom Hill. So if I say, you know, the Cowboys are giving up, you know, the 24th uh, fewest, so I mean, 24th, few, they rank 24th in fantasy points allowed to opposing quarterbacks. That doesn't mean a lot because a guy like Taysom Hill gets quite a bit of his production from his rushing. And I think, of course, that's what makes him the best uh, pickup in, in the quarterbacks is over any of these streamers, at least because of, you know, just simply because what he can do with his legs. I mean, last year he scored eight touchdowns on the ground. So he's uh, eight rushing touchdowns. So um, he, he he's very capable in that sense. I don't necessarily know if the results are going to be better, but the other benefit Taysom Hill gets is uh, Mark Ingram's practice on a back-to-back days. He's uh, he's, I think he shed his injury tag and Kamara even was a limited participant today, I believe. Uh, in the estimated practice report. So, uh, you know, the arguably the two best weapons on that entire team, uh, he'll be getting back and then he can rush and um, it, it'll just, it, it's a good, it's a good, you know, combination of circumstances here uh, for them. And uh, after Dallas this week, you know, they get a long week and then they get the Jets, you know, a good matchup, then, mm-hmm. then Tampa Bay. And then Miami. I mean, the Jets are only middle of the pack against opposing quarterbacks because of the blowout factor, I believe. I don't actually believe the secondary is crazy good. And then you get 26 and 27 in Tampa Bay and Miami week 15 and 16. So I think if, you, if you're in a two-quarterback league, he's been rostered already. I think if you're in a uh, if you're in a single quarterback league, I don't know. I'd rank them rest of season. I know it's a lazy comp because they're both rushers, but like him and Cam Newton, who do you take rest of the season? Cause Cam, Hill. Cam Newton's not, yeah. not yeah. starting. I, I think, yeah. I, well, he will, but he was, I mean, like I, you talk about rage dropping uh, Alex Collins. I rage dropped Cam Newton earlier in my league. He had to start one week with Patrick Mahomes on by one week. And Cam <laughs> Newton got nine points. Come on, Cam. Come yeah. on. Yeah, no, he, uh, they, they featured that. That was one of the, at least more competitive of the early morning games. So I caught a lot of that on red zone and, uh, you can tell why new England let him go. He's not, he's not so great throwing the ball. Maybe it's just a bad day, but, uh, you know, the accuracy isn't quite there. So, um, the, I mean, the only thing about that debate is, you know, Cam probably starts the rest of the season, right? You know, can Taysom Hill get re-injured? Does he play poorly and they go back to Simeon? I mean, what do they have to lose at this point? But, uh, I feel like Newton has maybe a tad more security, but other than that, that's really, really the only thing, uh, and, and better wide receiving weapons. I'll give him that too, but those are the things going in his favor. Otherwise you're right. It's probably Taysom. Uh, another streamer that I think is at least a little bit interesting, Justin Fields, possibly back against the Cardinals this week, everyone discussing Kyler Murray and DeAndre Hopkins status, but we have Justin Fields quarterback for the bears who, who could be available, but he hasn't. I mean, what, he hasn't resumed practicing yet? Give us the, the lowdown on the uh, the Bears quarterback situation. Yeah, so Fields hasn't actually uh, started throwing yet. Well, like, okay, this is as of a few days ago. We actually don't – we need a new update on him, but, you know, sometimes the news just isn't there. I think uh, today, when today's practice report comes out, we'll get a much better deal. But as of November 26, Fields hasn't, uh, hasn't actually thrown since suffering those cracked ribs, and that was weak. 11 in uh against baltimore and then you know of course he dalton came into the game and then dalton started on thanksgiving it's been a long break arizona oddly effect they've been pretty effective against uh fantasy quarterbacks here so this isn't necessarily a home run matchup but uh you're basing this uh, you know the field situation on what you've seen uh, he's been able to put together a few more drives lately and of course he brings you those rushing yards um oh actually oddly enough not so much on the uh on the rushing oh 
I guess he had the 100 yard rushing game. So, uh, you know, you, you can give him that for sure against the 49ers of all teams. But uh, so you want to watch that for your two quarterback leagues. Fields is a somewhat interesting streamer. Um, and then they, but I mean, the rest of the season matchups aren't anything great. He's just, he makes this list uh, mostly for two quarterback leagues because otherwise it would be the Andy Dalton show once again. Right. Yeah. I, I think it's going to be an interesting one of, to monitor. I, if Justin Fields does play, the Cardinals are one of the few teams that I think can handle his athleticism. They have so many fast linebackers and they have very little to worry about at wide receiver with Darnell Mooney doing well, but Allen Robinson, very, very inconsistent. Cole Komet's non-factor for me. I think it'd be a heavy David Montgomery game and probably still would be regardless of Dalton is playing or not. So I'm just going to be give him 30 touches until he injures himself. That's the plan with Montgomery. And then we'll start the cycle again. Yeah. Bears fans can't be uh, happy enough that they won on Thanksgiving. Cause now Matt Nagy theoretically has a job for another week. Yippee for that. Yeah, Whatever happened to that report, he was getting fired after Thanksgiving, regardless. No, he had a win. That was all it took. Just get oh, that win over good. the winless lions. And uh, you evidently can have a job for future seasons. That's fantastic. Let's move over to the Broncos. Teddy Bridgewater left Sunday's game. I was watching that one pretty closely as a chargers beat reporter. Uh, then returned later on with a shin injury. Drew lock looked Okay, had the interception, wasn't fantastic. The yeah. Broncos play the Chiefs this week. We know the Chiefs defense is not very good, especially against the run. So expect a lot of Javante Williams, a lot of mm-hmm. Melvin Gordon. But, I mean, this is a situation that could affect Jerry Judy, Cortland Sutton, Tim Patrick. Uh, we know Tim Patrick's had some value with Teddy Bridgewater under center. Uh, what's his stats, and even if he's able to play this week? Yeah, I mean, I, I would guess that I think Teddy – the, the situation with him is that he said he's said to be feeling much better. So it's most likely Teddy over Drew Locke. But, you know, again, just a, a bullet point to make because the matchup's pretty decent and that will be uh, relevant for two quarterback league and super flex players. The other one in a similar vein, Jalen Hurts, who, uh, you know, you mentioned your Cam Newton uh, frustration. I had my Jalen Hurts frustration, you know, had a great game, but just couldn't stop giving the ball or I mean, didn't I didn't have a, great, a horrible game, a horrible game. He couldn't stop giving the he had a great game giving the ball away to the other team. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Happened. But uh, Hertz is apparently managing ankle soreness, and uh, mm. Gardner Minshew is the backup here. Would love to see some Minshew mania against the Jets, at least once this season, one time this season, maybe Gardner getting the game. Um, but, yeah, those are both situations that, you know, again, we'll see the practice report this week and, and how things play out. I'm actually starting to get a little bit more interested in Tua. Now, I know the Giants mm. Tua and the Dolphins, they have the Giants this, past, or this week who – who you know shut down Hurts completely, but Tua in the last two games, twenty-seven for thirty-one against a highly ranked Carolina defense. So that impressed me a whole lot. And twenty-seven for thirty-three against the Jets the week before. And now they have the Giants. And then of course they have a, a week fourteen bye here, so you're not doing it. But you know if you need a streamer this week, I would. I mean after what after what seeing what Tua was able to do against Carolina after seeing the offense uh, be able to move the ball uh, like that. You know, maybe they can do it against the Giants too. So if you need a streamer, um, and you know, he, he probably sneaks up there with Hill and, and Fields if he plays here. You know, he, he, I would say, you know, he would be in the top three. The top three is very interchangeable. I couldn't I couldn't lean on anything to rank him like that, but I still think that the top three in terms of, of pickups are uh, are gonna be Tua, Taysom Hill, and uh Fields, maybe if he plays. And the only other name I wanted to mention, uh, Mac Jones has been playing pretty well too for New That's England. Now, too. now they have a tough game against Buffalo. However, uh, Tredavious White is injured out for the season, so 
you know, I don't know that that probably has a trickle down effect. Not everybody can be the Packers and lose the top cover cornerback in the game like Jair Alexander and still end up a top 10 defense in the league. You know, normally that trickles down to the defense having to play less man coverage in that situation here. And uh, and maybe Mac Jones can, uh, you know, can take advantage of that. Uh, you know, not such a great. He had a, he had a pretty good matchup against Tennessee and, and put up almost 25 fantasy points, which is decent. Um, but Jones brings. I think a reasonable floor, but again, he also has a week 14 buy here. So these are all short-term, very short-term options. You know, if you're dealing with one of those four quarterbacks that's on a buy this week and, you know, out, out of all those teams, you know, you probably weren't starting Baker, Aaron Rodgers, Tannehill at this point, Yeah, Newton, a streamer at best. So if you're an Aaron Rodgers uh, manager, then this is, uh, you know, those are the guys to look at. That's where I go with Tua or Mac Jones. If you are a Rodgers manager who is, Okay, you got to find somebody. I think I think I would go with Tua and then Mac Jones, but Mac Jones is totally fine. And I think more than likely one or both of those guys will be available in that situation. Taysom Hill in a two QB league, I'm totally fine with as well. Um, but I, it's more of a speculative ad down the road. And you need to have the Saints get a little bit more healthy. So uh, mm-hmm. let's move over to the running backs <clears throat> real quick here. So we mentioned Ty Johnson and, and J.D. McKissick and Dontrell Hilliard, who actually had a pretty good game last week as well, too. Rex Burkhead uh, among pickups last week. Much bigger news from the running back position this week. <laughs> couple of guys to mention here, uh, and I guess we, we probably need to start with Alexander Madison first, only because he's at 51% rostered already on Yahoo. You and I both know we played plenty of fantasy leagues before. That should have been more like 80 90 100% rostered, especially if you had Delvin Cook. That being said, check your lineups first. Check, I'm sorry, check your leagues first. Just search Alexander Madison or just Madison. Make sure he is not available because if he is, top pickup, rest of waiver budget spending. I mean, like clearly the guy you want to go ahead and target, even even in an eight team eight mm-hmm. team league, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. He's startable in an eighteen game eight team league because guess what? He's got Detroit this week, and Detroit loves giving up fantasy points to opposing running backs. You know, just even more than they do just losing in general. So uh, it's a perfect, perfect matchup here. Delvin Cook, I think he – now he was already to, uh, playing with one separated shoulder, and then I think he, uh, he separated the other one. I believe that's what the case is that happened here. And it looks like Cook is going to miss at least two games with the aim to return December 20th against Chicago. So that means you're getting an, a fantasy RB1, uh, you know, against Detroit. And then, you know, Pittsburgh – fell significantly in the uh, fantasy points versus opposing running back rankings this week because uh, Joe Mixon ran all over them. And uh, that was just so odd of the Steelers to let that happen. So you have two, two weeks of pretty solid matchups there. And, you know, we know two weeks, but I mean, we'll, we'll really have to see here. I, I could see it extending beyond that. I don't know if I'm going to take all these coaches words at face value necessarily. So Madison has to be your top guy. You're picking him up. You're starting him. If you're, I mean, Against Detroit this week, I think you could argue he's an RB1. There's, uh, Can I name 10 running backs I'd rather start before him? Well, let's test this theory up because Dash Clean has uh, an embarrassment of riches at running back. He says start three of these guys. Ezekiel Elliott, who theoretically is going to get more workload if you listen to Jerry Jones this week. Daryl Henderson, who has another juicy matchup as well, too, in the slate. Uh, Leonard Fournette, four touchdown Leonard Fournette, or Alexander Madison. Ooh, yeah. So this this is the exact A team league, I guess, that we got to put our money where his <laughs> mouth is when uh, when we say to do that. Am I crazy to sit Zeke in this game? The Saints really shut people down between the tackles, and you know you see that report of him going to go out and get more work. I 
after watching the Thanksgiving Day game and, and, and seeing him come up, you know, apparently injured a couple of times with how effective Tony Pollard is too, um, you know, this is this is a game where I feel like you're going to want to use more swing passes and pitches and stuff. Now, I could be completely insane, but um, I think if it were my team, uh, Zeke might be the bench guy. I think you're insane, and I'm also agreeing with you. I, I will bench Zeke only because Henderson, Fournette, and Mass, and each one of these teams are probably, and I haven't looked at the spreads, but they're probably favored by double digits easy. And if that's the case, it's the running game that normally benefits from that. Mm-hmm. Vegas isn't wrong, right, or not very wrong often. I'm going to go with Henderson, Fournette, and Madison. Zeke's the one that's hitting the bench, especially with how banged up he is, how Tony Pollard's mm-hmm. looked pretty good. It's not even close to me. I think I have like, yeah. like a top 10 running back. The only okay. issue is all three of these guys are top five. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the one thing you'll want to watch is the Daryl Henderson practice report. You know, I just looked him up for the heck of it to see, you know, to confirm that he's got the Jaguars this week, which is a pretty excellent matchup. But he did pick up a quad injury in, in Sunday's loss to the Packers. And, uh, you know, McVay says he'll be limited, um, but he doesn't expect it to be a long-term issue. So maybe we see a little bit more Sony Michelle, especially if the game gets out of hand. So uh, Henderson, if you think we're completely insane about uh, the whole the Zeke thing um, and want to go against us, I guess Henderson would be next up to sit probably. Let's turn our attention to some running backs that maybe could be available uh, in other leagues. So we'll I think we'll go first with Chuba Hubbard. And the only reason why I want to go that direction is because Hubbard, if he was playing this week, probably is the next best pickup. We don't know the stats. You have DeAndre Swift. We'll get to that and Jamal Williams in a second. But I think with Christian McCaffrey on injury reserve, we know done for the year. We've seen Chuba Hubbard be the guy for the Panthers offense. What does that offense look like with Cam Newton now, quarterback? I don't know. That's a, that's a different question. Maybe you'll have answers to it. But this is the starting running back, and he's only rostering 30% of Yahoo leagues at the moment. Yeah, I mean, the biggest thing with Chuba Hubbard, as as you said, is um, having Chuba Hubbard in week 14 doesn't mean a damn thing if you're knocked out of the fantasy playoffs here. So that's uh, that's the one thing that you're going to have to stomach and deal with. Now, uh, you know, when he does come back in week 14, he gets the Falcons, who are 30th against opposing running backs. So you really love that, especially in PPR formats. And and when Chuba, you know, earlier on, I mean, Chuba's got he's got four games of double digit fantasy points you know in ppr formats and, and a few more where he got real close so he has a pretty low floor he's clearly the guy over amir abdullah maybe a couple touches for abdullah at best here um and a great matchup week 14 but then he's got buffalo tampa bay new orleans to end the fantasy championship so the rest of season schedule is not that great um but you know nonetheless if you had to use a top waiver wire pickup on him just to get a guy to start you know as a guy who w- was relying on mccaffrey the last couple of weeks unfortunately I could see it because you know getting a getting eight to ten points out of your RB two is fine, but again, you need to feel pretty good about your uh, your playoff spotting and situation if you're going to make that move. I, I tend to agree, and you know I, I'm looking at my leagues. That was the first name after Madison that I'm searching for and and hoping that I can utilize in some instances. I saw more Chuba Hubbard available in my 15 leagues than I did Jamal Williams, which I thought was a little bit surprising because Jamal Williams, you know, prior to this Thursday was largely ineffective, had been more or less moved out of the rotation altogether. Well, DeAndre Swift, what, two drives in, uh, damages his shoulder, out for the game, completely ruins my NFFC team, and many other teams I was relying on made my Thursday immediately bad on Thanksgiving, which was fantastic to see. But we have Jamal Williams now as one of the possible pickups as well at 39% roster on Yahoo. Where do you rank him among Chuba Hubbard, <clears throat> especially with the stats of DeAndre Swift still unknown? Yeah, well... 
I don't know if we can say the status of DeAndre Swift is completely unknown. Dan Campbell said on Monday that, quote, it's hard to see Swift playing against the Vikings this week. So, uh, okay. I'm going to go ahead and assume that he's going to be out. Now, I know this has burned us on the show before, but again, doing the Tuesday waiver wire show, we have to make some of these guisses. I'm going to guess he'd be out. And uh, I mean, if Jamal, Jamal Williams does dominate the, the, you know, the snap share over there. I mean, he 63.3% on Thanksgiving, this Jermar Jefferson guy is back and he actually out snapped Godwin way if I'm saying that right. Um, you know, but I think uh, Williams can actually dominate this backfield. Not the greatest of matchups against the Vikings here, but we'll see what happens. I mean, DeAndre Swift is clearly a, a big part of the future of the Lions. He's their best offensive player by a mile, and it's not even close here. Um, so why are you throwing him out there in a lose-lose situation? We'll have to see here. But Minnesota coming up, you know, middle of the pack. Denver, Arizona, Atlanta. I mean, 16 and 17 are uh, Atlanta and Seattle, but I don't expect Jamal Williams to be, like, the sole guy at that point. But, again, pretty short-term pickup, but uh, – He's not a bad option to back up your Madison or even your uh, – you might have to rank him ahead of Chuba just because he's playing this week. That's what I was going to say. So how do you, you, you rank the, these guys? If you're fighting – I mean, the ranking of these players is completely situational, where you're at in the standings, what you need to happen this week. If your playoff spot is – you know, and it, you could also be affected if, if your league does first-round buys. Like, oh, man, do I need to uh, – you know, because, uh, I mean, the Packers have a couple running backs people are using. Obviously, McCaffrey owners were going to be, you know – you know, in, in the toilet anyway. Um, but, you know, there's some, you know, some running backs on by this week that you need to need to get that RB2 out of. And, you know, you're just trying to get eight points. So uh, your situation definitely depends on, you know, how much you value either securing a first round by or if you need to win now to get into the playoffs because uh, Williams is up there. But I do have to think about Boston Scott a little bit, right? I mean, now, now granted, um, I believe they're on a, they're not actually on a buy this week. So no, Boston no, Scott, but they, yeah. I mean, Jalen Hurts has been not great. I mean, they have the Jets who are the league's worst defense against the run. The only issue is if you are the league's worst defense against the run, couldn't the most mobile or second, sorry, second most mobile quarterback in the league also take advantage of that and Jalen Hurts? If he's healthy, then yes, but we don't know if he's healthy. That's what makes this a little bit confusing for the Eagles situation. Yeah, so the only reason I mentioned Boston Scott is because Miles Sanders comes back this week and uh, he goes ahead and injures himself, missed most of the second half. It's what I think was an ankle injury. Um, we'll have to see. I don't know if it's related to the same ankle that kept him on IR, but that's a little bit concerning. And Boston Scott fi finished as Philly's uh, running back leader in both carry snaps and fantasy points. So uh, he's the guy. Jordan Howard's still dealing with a knee injury. He didn't play. I don't know what's going to happen. Uh, you know, they do have a week 14 buy, so at least you get them for week 15. Um, so maybe I could see a scenario in which Sanders and Howard both sit through the buy. Scott's the guy with Gainwell being, you know, slightly involved, but sporadically involved. I'm going to retire from recommending Kenneth Gainwell as a pickup on this show this season, you know, just too many times. He's uh He's passed the eye test and then been completely disappeared the next week. So I don't even want to talk about that too much. But Scott becomes very interesting because of the matchup, because of the injuries. And um, and, and we'll see what happens here. Okay. Uh, any other running backs you want to mention here? So uh, I'm going to steal this one from uh, from Alan and Jeff who do the sneaky waiver wire ads. If you're watching us on the YouTube channel, maybe you saw this already. But, you know, with the Vikings situation – let me see if I can. Kine Nguangwu? Nguangwu? Sounds good to me. 
Duong Wu? Yeah. Um, yeah, I can't even say the guy's name yet, right? And I'm, I'm going to recommend him for Dynasty formats. But, uh, no, Alan, being a, a, I know you're in some of those deep uh, Dynasty leagues. Uh, he's. I'm going to probably make a bid on him if he's not um, – if he is not uh, – uh, rostered in our 14 team dynasty league because uh you know madison will get most of the carries i expect but maybe maybe just maybe the rookie gets involved now he's got a couple kick return touchdowns on the year so you know he's shifty he's good in the open field he's a fourth round pick here people tend to forget about that we've touted a lot of other fourth round picks or worse in this draft as guys that could be possible pickups and uh just ridiculous speed uh, we don't even have an outlook written for this guy but no uh he's got crazy crazy speed and uh could potentially spell him for a few carries and be interesting and, and maybe be a part of uh of the future there so i wanted to mention him of course we have to go back to the foreman hilliard thing titans are on buy so you know if you had to cut hilliard to, to set a starting lineup i could live with it but um i don't know i think foreman is still probably closer to the guy both of them fumbled um it is what it is you know you keep a guy stash him on your bench they rank pretty low on the list this week and then you know, with Zach Moss being a healthy scratch on Thanksgiving and Devin Singletary still being unable to, one, ever find the end zone and, two, be consistently productive, he's still I still think he looks the best running the ball out of what they have, but he has too many uh, zero or negative plays to, uh, you know, consistently feed him those touches. Um, you know, Brita is starting to get involved a little bit as a pass catcher. This is really only playable, flexible, maybe, if uh, – if uh, Zach Moss were to be a healthy scratch again, that, that whole situation mystifies me as well. But, uh, you know, Buffalo is theoretically a good offense, a good team, and, and Brito might be able to contribute. Again, in PPR leagues, getting six, eight points out of a running back desperation start with four teams on by, I can live with that. Can I give you uh, or can I set the stage for the most pathetic Culver's board bet that we've ever done this uh, ever done on this podcast? Yeah, let's do it. We, we've actually done a stunningly lack of bets. It just doesn't come to mind so much. But basically, whatever you offer me, I'm going to take here. So Okay, so I I don't know. Like I think Nwangu is fine enough from a special team's perspective. I will sooner bet that whoever the Vikings call from the practice squad is going to produce more points non-special team-wise than Nwangu is. I would like to see what name that would be, but yeah, whatever. I'll take it. I mean, like a, they, okay, they have a point. So if he returns another kick, most leagues count that as a touchdown. Yeah. And I'm saying you don't get to get that, that cheap out for the Culver's board. I bet. don't get to get that cheap out for the, no, 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 no. Okay. Then it's a stupid bet, but I'll take it anyway. <laughs> okay. I don't like Amir Abdullah was the guy uh, in, in the third down capacity earlier this season. I think that's when Nwangu was injured. So it's possible that he'll, he'll come back and be like, a decent enough backup to mass. And I just think the Vikings have other aspirations for what that backup running back position is. And it's not the explosive speed guy that Nwangu seems to be. You know, what's going to happen is uh, up by four scores. Minnesota is going to take Madison out, run a toss play to this guy. And he's going to house it for 80 and then the bet will be over. It's possible. All we do is just have a toss play and that will beat this bet because we literally don't know who the Vikings are going to call up from the practice squad to be that backup running back. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we'll have to see. We'll have to see. That'll be interesting. Okay. Uh, we'll turn our attention to the wide receiver position, but before we do that, let's get a word from our sponsors, Yahoo DFS. The NFL season's heating up, and Yahoo's going big on daily fantasy football this season. There'll be a ton of big prize contests throughout the year on Yahoo, including their multi-entry contest now being shark-free. To celebrate Yahoo going big on DFS, as well as Yahoo Daily Fantasy becoming shark-free, Yahoo's giving all users the opportunity to claim free $10 in site credit. 
Users can take advantage of this free $10 site credit offer to join any paid contest, including Yahoo's biggest contest, the weekly $1 million DFS NFL Baller Contest. Obviously, the weekly million-dollar contest features $1 million in total prizes, including first place receiving $100,000 and tons of overlay in prizes. Play daily fantasy football on Yahoo this season. Visit sports.com, sorry, sports.yahoo.com slash daily fantasy slash welcome to claim the free $10 offer to get started. Okay, last week we had talked about wide receivers, Van Jefferson, Cedric Wilson, who ended up being pretty good. Uh, MVS, not so much, although he did have a big catch at the end there. Mm-hmm. Uh, Traquan Smith and uh, Nick Westbrook-Akeen, honestly, most of these wide receivers did pretty good if you really needed some flex play. Not so much this week. I think it's more of a, a running back heavy yeah. waiver wire podcast. Exactly. But there is the, the Kendrick Bourne show who has been a touchdown mach- machine for Mac Jones and company. And we just mentioned the Bills earlier missing Tredavious White for the rest of the season. Yeah, yeah, that's why. I mean, normally you go into a matchup with Buffalo and you think, okay, you know, this is New England's best, you know, pass catching threat. Arguably, you know, Myers tends to be the volume guy, but Bourne seems to find the end zone a little bit more. So normally you go into that week thinking, okay, this guy's going to get a lot of one on one with Tredavious White, not going to get any touches. Now we don't necessarily know what's going to happen. Now, you know, I'll, I'll defer to Mario on the Thursday show. He's the big uh, cornerback alignment guy over here. Um, but you know, at only 23% rostered with a huge game with Mac Jones developing, growing and playing better right in front of our eyes. He seems to be the only new name really worth talking about in terms of the wide receivers, but I do want to backtrack because I think, uh, I think the best, best wide receiver pickups this week are actually guys that we talked about last week. And I don't want to touch on any single one of them. I don't want to touch on any single one of them too much over the top, but, uh, Van Jefferson has to be number one. We you know we saw we see his role growing. We know he's capable. He's got the pedigree. Um, both him. So looking at the snap distribution, Cup was on the field against the Packers, one hundred percent of the snaps. And then uh, after that, you know they run through wide receiver sets. We've talked about this for a long time. Odell and Van Jefferson both are looking at ninety-eight point four percent. You know of the snaps here, but it was Van Jefferson who, of course, had the better fantasy game and almost as many targets. You know he wasn't quite as target efficient. Only caught three of his nine. Some of that you got to write off on Stafford, whereas Odell, you know, caught five of 10. Um, Both of them scored, but for some reason, Odell's 95% owned and Jefferson's, you know, and Jefferson's, what, 49% owned? If you you change both their names to John Smith and looked at their stat lines this season, Hmm. um, everybody would rather have Van Jefferson, I think. But uh, I just think he's a little bit under rostered, and I'm really happy to uh, to have some shares there. Um, you know, Cedric Wilson and Mari Cooper and C.D. Lamb are going to be back, so Cedric Wilson can probably go back to the bench. And MVS is also interesting because Randall Cobb got injured. You know, he he kind of limped off, didn't play the rest of the game. Um, you know, that means probably a few more looks for MVS. You know, him and Lazard. You know, Devante is always going to be the volume king, but then you know maybe one or two looks extra a game for MVS and Lazard, and with MVS being the deep ball threat you know, the home run hitter, uh, maybe he could be interesting too. Real quick with the correction, I'm not certain Mari Cooper is playing. Again, the the Cowboys have an early Thursday matchup. We know Mike McCarthy is going to be out with COVID. Uh, Amari Cooper was in the Cowboys building, but Mike said that Amari Cooper is still dealing with a cough, hasn't really got his conditioning oh, back really? yet. Okay. And if he doesn't practice tomorrow, probably isn't playing. Yeah, I just assume because, you know, COVID two weeks, these guys are, you know, 27-year-old professional athletes that they don't actually have, you know, that strenuous of a recovery. But uh, given whatever is going around there and the fact that, you know, you know, maybe one and a, I'm not even going to, I don't even want to say numbers here, but, you know, every once in a while you get the unique case where someone's hit extra hard by it. And, um, you know, what does McCarthy say? My gut would be if he doesn't practice 
tomorrow as in Wednesday, I don't see him getting into the game. So uh which seems obvious, I would I would imagine. Okay, so maybe Cedric Wilson's still around, but uh you know, they'll still have uh Lamb and Gallup back and uh you know that or Lamb Lamb will be back, Gallup will be around. You know, I don't know if that means enough Cedric Wilson targets here to to really boot, but we'll have to see. Yeah, I, I think it's I think it's going to be interesting. A couple of these streamer guys that we had highlighted last week are on by like uh, Westbrook Akeen would have been somebody I'd be picking up and playing probably this mm-hmm. week too. But the Titans are in bye week. Cedric Wilson yeah. may be losing some of the value if uh, well, sorry, with Lamb coming back and if Cooper comes back too, yeah. a little bit more difficult. And, yeah. and obviously MVS too. So mm-hmm. I mean, Westbrook Akeen, I, I could hear you making a case for cutting him. I know he he had a good game and he's the volume guy, but you know, they, I imagine they might get some of their IR guys out. He's not even the volume guy. I think he's the touchdown guy, and that's where the value is. Julio Jones will not be back off of injured reserve yet. I think they have maybe two more weeks the most. So that's still value uh, with him and A.J. Brown also out. I think A.J. Brown is on injured reserve too. So it's one of those things where he's by default the best guy. I would not be dropping him in a 12- or 14-team league, especially with the Titans being, I think, a team that still is going to have to be pass-heavy. I know Deontay Johnson – I'm sorry, Deontay Foreman and – uh, Hillier did fine enough running the ball and kind of helped do Derrick Henry-esque things for that offense, but they're still not good enough players to really be able to do that week in and week out. And by default, they're going to be have to they're going to have to be more pass heavy. The Titans will be uh, even on a buy is what I'm saying in a, in a deeper league. Do not cut uh, Westbrook Akeem. Fair, fair enough, fair enough. All right, do you want to do some quick hitters here to run through the rest of these guys? Nobody I'm crazy excited about, but we can kind of we can rattle these next on my list off. Yeah, go ahead and go ahead. All right, right let's hit it. Uh, you can maybe do a preemptive strike on Devontae Parker. He's only 30% rostered in Yahoo formats. He had seven or more targets in uh, each of the uh, – excuse me. He had seven or more targets in each of the five games he's actually played this season, so he is involved. Um, the other guy that caught my eye a little bit was LaVisca Chenault. He had nine targets, only caught five for 33, so it wasn't a great fantasy day, but it was his most targets since week six, and that interests me a little bit. Maybe it's a little bit of a stretch, but Russell Gage is only 17% rosterable, rostered. He seems playable. Um, you know, He's got seven or more targets in three of his last four weeks, and he's He's more target efficient than someone who just, you know, they they go downfield with, you know, he's uh, they're finding ways to get him the ball, you know, and, and it'll be helpful for PPR. So, again, a couple desperation flex plays if you're uh, if you're looking for it. I'm I'm out on Devontae Parker. I'm I'm tired of dealing with that mess. He's one of the reasons why my stake league team is third last right now, uh, because I've been juggling bunch of baloney injured reserve guys like Julio Jones for much of the season. No way I want any share of Devontae Parker. And I think Jalen Waddle, we talked about two as a, a top quarterback pickup this week for good reason. I think Jalen Waddle and him have some insane chemistry. And I'd almost sooner rather have Will Fuller, who's also, I think, close to coming off injured reserve yeah. as opposed okay. to Devontae Parker. I mean, I definitely have Parker over Fuller. But, you know, all this says is, uh, you know, he remains on IR. He's not going to rejoin or for Parker. He's not going to rejoin the team for practice Wednesday. So I think actually maybe, you know, I put him down as a preemptive strike, you know, if you're in a really deep league. But you can probably make it through this week if he doesn't play and then they have a week 14 bye. But let's say what if week 15 they end up with Parker and maybe even Fuller back and two is playing anywhere near the way he's played in these last two games, you know, man, they've got some, they've got some nice fantasy matchups in the playoffs there. And, and Tua could be a stream that'll make, that'll cause a lot of headaches. This isn't decision wise. That's a good point. That's a, that's a good point. And you know, people are talking about possible playoff aspiration for the Dolphins. The AFC is just too crowded in that uh, upper to high end, like uh 500 range for, uh, for, 
records, I want to say leagues, records, where they're not going to make that kind of run, but they can be successful. And I think this could be a really big time period for Tua and his development and his tenure with the Dolphins this four or five week stretch to end the season here. So um, I guess real quick with the tight ends, there's there's not a lot. And our favorite guy, Dan Arnold, was placed on injured reserve just recently, uh, which means that James oh, James O'Shaughnessy, who was like the tight end to begin week one, then he got put on injured reserve, prompted the Jaguars to make that trade for Dan Arnold. Yeah, Now it comes back into the fold. I don't know. I, I looked at the rest of the season schedule for Trevor Lawrence because you know I'm a huge Trevor Lawrence fan. I've been oh, yeah. largely, largely disappointed for him. Um, I'm I'm not excited at all, even in the leagues where I've had Dan Arnold, to go ahead and get O'Shaughnessy in any way. Yeah, I mean, I just made a bullet point here because he logged 58 snaps the past week. I think the one guy that might actually be worth picking up is Foster Moreau of the Raiders here. Now, it's when Waller went down with a knee injury on Thanksgiving, I was very, very worried. Uh, but it looks like pretty much a best-case scenario. He only suffered a knee strain. We don't know if he's going to miss time. He was recently called week to week. Um, the last time Darren Waller missed the game, Foster Moreau caught all six of his targets for 60 yards and a score. Now, granted, that was against Philly, and they're dead last uh, in uh, points to opposing tight ends here. So he got about the best matchup he could have. But um, I think Foster Moreau is probably the best pickup option should you find out Waller wouldn't play. I agree with you on that one. It's uh, it, it might be one of those that you can kind of sneak by Thursday or Friday as we get a little bit more information regarding the Raiders practice report. Oh, hey, Darren Waller's not practicing. He's a limited participant, didn't practice Friday. You can almost get – like there's, there's obviously going to be – I think that's where the Chuba Hubbard and Alexander Madison, Jamal Williams, uh, names all kind of take some of that stress away – from making these sleeper guys that will be a little bit more obvious and aware of every podcast and article, you can get the Foster Moreau's a little bit later in the week. And mm-hmm. I actually want to mention one name at wide receiver that I've been looking at quite a bit in my deeper leagues, Josh Reynolds. I, like, did you even know Jake that Josh Reynolds, former Rams wide receiver was on the lions? I always remembered him being like a, uh, I don't know, like golf, like looking for him in the red zone yeah, as, a, as a third. So off. Josh Reynolds signed the with the Titans. Play. He signed with the Titans earlier this offseason, stunk so bad they cut him, kind of is bouncing around the practice squads, lands back with Jared Goff's Lions, and had a five for 70 in a touchdown game this Thursday against the Bears. I, I don't know. Like I, I was comatose by the food and also uh in my deep feelings with DeAndre Swift missing that game early on. So I didn't watch the Lions games probably as hard as I should have. But I think Josh Reynolds is an intriguing name. Now you know I've been pushing the Tyrell Williams train, and then I was going ahead and pushing uh the the small guy the water uh, the fast water receiver on Blake on right now he was a, a start for a while too I know the lines stink but because they stink by default someone other than Hawkinson has to be fantasy relevant I think Josh Reynolds in super deep leagues I'm thinking 14 team leagues and so where I'm getting him from it can be a start and get you eight to ten points in a PPR format Whew. yeah that's rough I mean I I don't know if I'm ready to give up on every single Detroit pass catcher. So maybe there's a guy outside of Hawkinson that could be viable. I don't like it, but yeah, sure. I mean, he's as good as any of those other quick hitter bullet points that, that I mentioned on there. And uh, I also want to quick throw in one more tight end into the ring. This is dependent on the Bears quarterback situation that we talked about earlier. I don't think I'd throw him out there if Justin Fields is the starter, but Dalton seems mm. to really like going to Cole Komet. 
Cole Komet has, you know, he has got the draft pedigree as a second round pick. Um, and he had 11 targets this past week with Dalton under center. Now, granted, it's about as friendly of a matchup as you're going to get. Well, Detroit's actually middle of the pack against tight ends. Arizona, oddly, is number two against tight ends. So it's not a necessarily a matchup, but I think the volume will be there if Dalton ends up, uh, if, if Fields has to sit and Dalton ends up playing, which, you know, the whole Nagy thing, do you think, I mean, I almost think Dalton, if he's worried about his job, Dalton gives him a better chance to win. And I just, I want to see the organization, you know, obviously with my rooting interest, I want to see the uh, the organization continue to screw up. So I would like to have Dalton lead the Bears on a run and maybe save Nagy's job, but uh, we'll see what happens there. That's that's fair. Uh, before we get to the streamer defenses and probably a few user questions here uh, on the site, let's go ahead and get a word from our sponsors. Thrive. Thrive is back for another season of fantasy football, and they're running huge guaranteed contests each week this NFL season with Thrive Fantasy, you can eliminate the countless hours of research and focus on only the top-tier athletes that have the biggest impact on the game. Sign up today and get a free six-month RotoWire subscription. Here's how you claim your RotoWire subscription. Visit rotowire.com slash thrive. Then deposit a minimum of $10 and receive a 100% deposit bonus back up to $100. You play in your first paid contest, and boom, you receive that free six-month RotoWire subscription. Again, visit rotowire.com slash thrive through T-H-R-I-V-E, deposit a minimum of $10 and receive 100% deposit bonus back up to $100. And then you play in your first paid contest. It's that simple. You get that free six months of subscription uh, and you're good to go. So that's Thrive. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Fantasy. Uh, streaming defenses real quick. I mean, like there, there are some interesting options. We have the Eagles against the Jets. Uh, hopefully, Zach Wilson continues to start because he's been great for fantasy defenses out there right now. And sure, sure seems like that could be the case against the Eagles. But the Dolphins, too. Did you with- see the play where he took off well behind the line of scrimmage, then tried to shovel it in front of him? to uh, the running back when he was already, and, it was, and you know, I had to take my brain a second to process that, but like, wait, he just, he just put the ball on the ground. That's a fumble. Like what the heck are you doing? Zach Wilson. Um, yeah. It was an interception because it bounced off the, the running backs back who was blocking for Zach Wilson, who clearly looked like he was going to run the ball. Bad choice. 
I know that we don't want to be like uh, destroying these young quarterbacks. So I'm, I'm trying to be a little bit careful on that. I always think of Jared Goff, who I guess we do know now is bad, but with mm-hmm. Jeff Fisher, he was not very good. And then with Sean McVay, he was pretty good. So I'm, I'm trying not to be like crazy about it, but I, I, you know, he, he's been obviously the worst of these rookie quarterbacks. He's got the match against the Eagles. We got the Dolphins who got 25 fancy points now facing the Giants. Daniel Jones, we know he's turnover prone at times. The Vikings against the Lions, and Lions could be missing and probably should be missing their best player, DeAndre Swift. And then the Chiefs, who uh, with or without Teddy Bridgewater, possibly could do some things from a turnover perspective too. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, I don't know. I'm liking I'm liking Minnesota more and more the more that I think about it. Now they're they're on the road, of course, but yeah, without DeAndre Swift, what does this offense actually have? Um, that should be a, a hand an easy win for the Vikings here, and uh, probably I bet you that'll be. I didn't write over unders next to this one, but if Philly's not out there, um, you know, I'd probably I'd go Philly, Minnesota, Miami, and technically it'd be Minnesota, Miami, Kansas City because Philly's fifty eight percent, a little bit over our threshold. Yeah, the over-under for the Vikings-Lions game is 47 points, whereas the Giants-Dolphins game is 41 and a half. So that Ooh. makes me a little bit interested, but I, I assume it's just because the Vegas believes the Lions are going to score almost nothing, and the Vikings will score a decent amount. And if the Lions do score, then you're kind of covered. Whereas yeah, with the Giants... That 80-yard toss in the fourth quarter to win the, to win the board, Beth. They're banking on that. <laughs> That's right. Whereas the Giants and Dolphins game, like the Dolphins defense has been a little bit better as of late. We know both teams can be inconsistent and turnover prone. So that's where maybe it's it's a little bit lower. I, I think Vegas is sniffing out something that I'm not aware of. And I normally try to get on Vegas mm-hmm. if that's the case. So I like the Dolphins defense enough. Yeah. Really, really, you could play the Eagles, Dolphins, or Vikings. And I think completely have fancy value in each one of them. They are easily top 12 plays this week, in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, if you blocked out all the team names and I just had a look at, um, you know, game log, home team, over, under, you know, Miami would be the one that I, the you know, the blank, the blank card or whatever that I point at here, you know, on the board here. So, uh, you know, the Dolphins have been a fantasy productive defense. They do have some playmakers there. They're opportunistic enough, and uh, mm-hmm. you know they're uh, they're absolutely just fine. But I think you have to continue picking on the Lions and the Jets. And uh, oh, I guess we can't pick on the Texans this week. They have got an actual you know matchup where the defense is rostered in a bunch of formats. Uh, real quick, Harry Wolf, who's got the great Yao Ming picture on the uh, Streamyard live uh, show right now, he asks, he's got a PPR trade. So he's going to trade Travis Kelsey, Jamar, Tra- Jamar Chase, and then DK Metcalf for George Kittle, Claypool, Tyreek, and DJ Moore. Moore being on uh, by this week. Um, I think I would take advantage of the opportunity to unload Seattle offensive players and take the back half of that. Again, it depends. It depends what the rest of your roster looks like, how much you need to have a wide receiver three, what position you're at with respect to the playoffs. But just on the surface, um, I would take the Kittle, Claypool, Reek, DJ side. Well, your normal rule of thumb is you're getting the best player. Mm-hmm. I think the best player in this deal is Travis Kelsey. Am I not Am I not correct? Kelsey or Tyreek? I mean, Tyreek you could make a case for. You absolutely could. I think both have been inconsistent at times, but when I – when you talk about a tight end, I think Travis Kelsey gives you more value. And Jamar Chase, at times, has been the best wide receiver, too. I would think I'd rather keep Kelsey, Jamar, and DK because there's Claypool, who's going to give you nothing or a little bit most weeks because Roethlisberger is just awful. And then there's DJ Moore, who basically is the same thing with Cam Newton right now 
and you have that bye week. Kittle had like one catch last week. He had, he had one catch. I, I don't yeah. know. I like that's a lot of nothing. And then Tyree killed. I mean, mm-hmm. it's a lot of well, ugh, remember, question mark. Remember, uh, one thing that we didn't actually talk about was you know Devo Samuel's going to be out one to two weeks, right? So there's going to be a bunch mm-hmm. of targets to go around. I would be shocked if Kittle had less than five catches this week. Number one, and I guess uh, you know I, I'd always meant to put it in the in, in the outline, but I'm glad that we, this question sparked that. I guess Ayuk's back up to 89% roster here, so there's nothing you can do there. But if you've if you've stomached through that pain the entire season, I think it's finally going to pay off here. If you finally got some value, I guess. And then real quick, uh, we had Dash Klein also ask two receivers to start: uh, Jalen Waddle, Chris Godwin, or Deontay Johnson. To me, this is a pretty obvious: Waddle and Deontay Johnson. Godwin with the Buccaneers in their matchup this week. Feels much more. Maybe Tom Brady throws to Gronk, gets the tight ends involved for touchdowns, and it'll be another big learner for that game. I think Waddle and Deontay Johnson, especially in PPR, are my two top plays. Yeah, exactly. Godwin's going to get limited by game flow. Even without AB last week, Godwin still only had five targets. So, uh, you know, this could, this could obviously burn us. So, you know, all three of these receivers are capable of breaking out for really, really big games. But uh, I think I think you're right. Godwin's the one that sits this week. All right, that does it for us on the Tuesday edition of the Rotoware NFL podcast, sponsored by WinBet. We'll be back again next week, hopefully, to discuss some less impactful running back injuries. Uh, but stick around to the rest of the programs throughout the week, whether you get Wednesday with Jeff and his roulette guests or John and Mario on Thursday, getting you set for all the week 13 crazy to say action. Of course, Fridays with the DFS guys over there, too. This is Joe Bartle and Jake Tarski signing off. Life's better with American Family Insurance because our home policies help protect your dreams and come with peace of mind. Save up to 25% by bundling home, auto, and life. American Family Insurance. Get a quote, find an agent at amfam.com. Products not available in every state. Discounts may not apply to all coverages on an auto or home policy. Discounts do not apply to life insurance policies. Visit amfam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating companies, American Family Life Insurance Company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin.